0: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins.
2: Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, Before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. You aren't going to find anything else like it. They are our sponsors because i own three of them and i truly believe in this machine i truly believe in the people that work there and the product uh mention coach unplugged and they'll give you four hundred dollars off just say coach collins sent me to pick an offense if you're looking for anything it's got it there for you as i hit my microphone oh well um it you know and it also helps us pay the bills helps us keep all these podcasts um the high school hoops and five minute basketball coaching podcasts and funnel down and all these things free to you um teachhoops.com is what pays the bills and keeps the lights on so um we'd love if you went over and check that out and
0: let's head off to the podcast (laughs) From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey
2: everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 657. Happy Monday. Before we get started, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors this week. Um, First of all, hopefully you're having a good start to the summer, but we'd like to... uh, give a big shout out to Dr. Dish, you know, the most innovative, easy shooting machine to use. Go over and mention Coach Unplugged and I can't imagine a better time to buy it and you'll get $350 off. Um, Every team is at least being able to do some individual workouts, I think a lot of places in the country. So um, Dr. Dish will allow you to do that faster and more effectively. So go over and check them out. Also go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better For any of you that are thinking of joining, this is a great time to do it. Um, I am putting up individual workouts for your team. So the way it's going to work is um, um, I'm setting up individual classrooms for your program. All you have to do is be a member of teachweeps.com to make that happen. Um, Be a paying member. Be off that free trial. And uh, yeah, well, every day there's there's motivation, there's workouts, there's a, 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 a laundry list of things to do, and then some hopefully some communication with you. So, um, great time, I think, the end of June and beginning of July to go over and join teachhoops.com along with the normal stuff for you and, and working on your craft. Um, just a great time to join. So, go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast.
0: What time, what amount of your time do you split up for like fundraising or? you know i could obviously go ask parents for money but that's not a real strong suit of mine is asking people for money
2: that, okay so <laughs> going back to our initial thing that's a great assistant coach thing to do okay that's a great thing for them to do um and then there, you got to figure you, you got to figure out a, if you want to fundraise you got to figure out a way that especially if you're in a wealthy one that they have to do the least amount of work that that you can raise the most amount of money so you know you can do a golf thing with with a with a group i mean i've had teachers do golf things i've had them do uh, you know something i've done in the past is i've done coaching clinics that's easy you get a couple coaches to come in you charge people walk in there's no overhead there's uh you know the youth thing a good thing with a youth thing and this is a good one for for a community like this is do a free throw on which yeah. basically is and you got to make sure make sure it's legal with your association, but have the young kids come in and they get pledges from their relatives. They shoot oh. hundred they shoot 50 free throws. Grandma will pay them $2 for every free throw they make. Um,
0: oh, so grandma's
2: kicking in, uncle's kicking in, they shooting free throws. You, you know, you get a, I don't know, you don't even have to get a DJ. You can just crank some music, go ask them, you know, chick-fil-a or whatever whatever you there's ways to make it even more fun for the kids but then you know yeah that's a great thing um, yeah
0: they they, we already do the school already does that for like a for the lower or the elementary schoolers for like a lap thing so i think that would be an easy sell
2: that'd be an easy sell and it's an easy it's a there's literally you can get a spreadsheet fill it out grandma pledges. Yeah. It's an easy, that's an easy fundraise. As far as the program all the way through, something I did early too is we used to do, um, we used to have our practices on Saturday and then I'd run, I'd run clinics during the season. So we'd run them on Saturdays after our practices, especially when we didn't play on Saturdays. Yeah. They were free. The kids could come in and my guys stayed and did them because it was legal. So they were like, you know, all right, we're going to work on, you know, passing today and they do a passing thing. And then I'd let them play a little bit. They'd all get a t-shirt, that kind of stuff. So that's a good thing for getting them hooked too. It's like basketball is fun and look, oh, the varsity guys are here. And those are the guys I watch. So that's a good thing for building a program that I found that, you know, it most, I'm always looking for doing something everyone else isn't doing. Um, yeah. And that takes work and that's, that's, that's draining. Yeah. Cause it's during the season, but no one's doing that. So that's why it's good.
0: No, that makes sense. And I think it'll just, you know, as, as I start to map things out, I think it'll be a little easier to, to see it and kind of carve out that time. Right. Um,
2: hey coach, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like, I would ask pretty, 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 please go and leave a review. We really do appreciate those I could, I guess I could go pretty, 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 please go join teachups.com, become a better basketball coach resources. Um, like I've said in previous ones, you know, you, you go spend, uh, you know, half 500 bucks on a, on a clinic or you go buy a video or do something like that. You could go spend just twenty nine ninety nine 99 and have thousands of videos and thousands of things on there, um, to make you a better basketball coach. So go over and check it out. Um, Two other things, if you want to check us, our YouTube channel, Teach Hoops, just type that in, two separate words. Uh, my Oh, in our Amazon link down below, click on that. Anytime you purchase, if you bookmark it, you won't even notice it's there, but uh, we get a small little commission and it does help us pay for the hosting fees and stuff. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Um, and then... There was some lifting stuff. Do I lift during the season? Yeah. It says in-season lifting, do you lift during practice time or additional? Um, I don't do as well as I should on lifting. I'm gonna just yeah. be honest with it. I don't. I should tell so me I'm like this scrawny little I was never big. So that's that that if there was a weak spot in my coaching arsenal, that would be it. But I found other people to take that over for me. My assistants have delegated um and we uh, we taper our practices as the season goes on so they get shorter physically get shorter um film sessions get longer so it's about the same amount of time when i'm saying the on court gets smaller film session and lifting gets a little bit longer so i'm trying to you know that growth during the season but i don't i don't ever take gym time away when i'm on the court with a hoop and a ball Mm -hmm. i never take that time is sacred to me because i only have a hundred hours a year you know, 50 yeah. practices or whatever it is, those are sacred. I don't touch those. If I need to do something else, then it's outside of that window. So early in the season, you know, scouting and all that stuff is minuscule because we're putting stuff in and we're grinding. And, da, da, da. and then as the season goes on and second round and practice gets shorter, lifting, scout, uh, fun stuff, going bowling adds to the outside stuff. So
0: okay. yeah, that, that makes sense. I've, you know, we've kind of tried to do at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of tapers off as our practices shorten. But I kind of like the idea of having it inverted there and keeping up the strength at the end yeah, of the Yeah, and that,
2: and that, and to be honest with you, you need an assistant coach that keeps reminding you. Yeah. <laughs> at least I do. It's like, Steve, we need to lift. Steve, we need to lift. Yeah. Steve, we need to lift. Yep, you're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, and I have a guy who will gladly take over that. You know, yeah. And, that
2: then, and that's all I need is I need just a friendly reminder. It's not like I'm thinking no, I'm thinking, oh my God, we're playing team why tomorrow and oh my god we're not ready and we can't do this and, and it's a good bonding lifting a good bonding for them it really is you know they're not going to and i think it helps with injury prevention that and ankle braces are my two biggie. hey coach hope you enjoyed that um i would ask that you stop the car right now you put your credit card out and go and join teachings.com for coaches who want to get better because what you're saying to yourself is i want to get coaching from coach collins i want to become a better basketball coach i want to take it to the next level um, and let me help you do that also make sure you subscribe and like leave a review those are important um You know, they they allow us to get the word out about Coach Unplugged and high school hoops. And also, if you're thinking about doing any shopping, click down below the Amazon link. Um, Those, you know, every time you go shopping, we'll get a small little affiliate uh, kickback and it helps us with our hosting fees. All right, talk to you soon.
1: My philosophy for my team is to have a player-led team. And I think that, you know, hopefully we have a chance to talk about program building a little bit later, but I think you know, everything you do is based on your philosophy. And I don't think that you can have a player-led team in one respect, but then not let them lead in another respect. And so the way we play our offense, which is, if you were to look at it, you would say it's dribble drive, but it's really like the next the next version of, of dribble drive, uh, where there's a lot more passing and, and quick movement. And then I think with defense, it's the same thing. Um, I think especially with pressing, you can teach your guys to read situations. And I call it our motion defense. And, you know, you want to take yourself out of the equation as much as possible. Basketball doesn't lend itself to a lot of stoppages and and correcting like a lot of coaches like to do in practice. And so, you know, if you're going to have this philosophy, then you need to run your practices that way. And you need to you need to let your players lead the practice my my players lead the first almost 30 minutes of practice without us saying anything and they just know what to do and they get after it and is that and, the
2: same is that the same for every practice or does that change
1: uh almost every practice um you know sometimes it might i mean the later you get in the year um the more you don't really need to do that but i want them you know coaches talk about, man, we, we keep getting off to a slow start. And I think the way you practice every day affects how you how you play on game day. And so, you know, we we do 10-minute jump rope before we get on the court, and then we get on the court, and they, they get right into a pressing game or a special situation, whatever we've dictated for that day. And, you know, we don't stop anything during that time. We just film it, and, and we address it later. But I I feel like since we can't stop it during a game and fix it, we can't stop it during practice and fix it. And obviously we do in in the first week or two. But uh, as we get going, I want them to jump rope and then get right to playing. And then, you know, during that first water break, we do some dynamic stretching and we do some talking about what we just did practice-wise. But I feel like getting right into it, if you're going to be – a pressing team and a player-led team, I feel like that starts with when they walk on the floor. You can't get them together, have a little huddle, go through dynamic stretching, do some shooting drills, and then expect to play awesome from the get-go when, the, when in a game situation. I just don't think those two things are congruent. So right. everything stems from our philosophy. Um, you know i sent you this if anybody yep. wants this you can yeah i'll
2: put it in the show notes too when okay. it goes out, i'll put it in the show notes so people can
1: i am uh i'm creating a a course uh to explain some of this and have some video of this on coach tube okay so if you know if you or anybody wants to look at that i'm not done with it yet but okay um break the other teams practice habits i mean i learned that from morgan wooten B when i first started coaching You know, It it all comes down to that, and all of us know the personalities of the coaches in our league and most of the people that we play, and you know what you need to take away right now before you ever go into the season next year. Most of us, if we're doing our job, should know our opponents well enough where you know what it looks like in your practice to take away the other team's practice habits. And so all the things that are in this press you could never do all in one year. Right. But if you, if you pick some things that, you know, you know your league well enough to do, you know, you can really mess with some people and break their practice habits if you pick the right things that fit your guys and fit what you're trying to take away from your opponent. Um, you know, it helps your defense be more aggressive and communicate. I teach my press before I teach my half-court shell. I just feel like my shell goes so much quicker and there's so much more – tuned into it when i've already taught my press first because it's an easier
2: sell probably right right they all want to press and run yeah
1: so all i'm trying to do is build their mentality for the first couple weeks and part of building that mentality um you know i'm not to the point where i'm at right now where we have enough where we've had enough um games built up to do this but at high school you know i would have how many times we held somebody to under 50 points or how many times, you know, we beat somebody by whatever, whatever my goals were. And I posted that, you know, at the, at the baseline on the court on the wall there. And so the opponents had to see that we just held our last four teams to 46 points or something like that. And, you know, it was all about just building, you know, what was important to us and building that pressing, pressing habit. And, It's more a mentality than anything. And, you know, you can teach half court defense pretty quickly, I think, if you've taught the full court defense well. And so number eight down there, my half court goal, or really my defensive goal is to make them cross half court on the outer third. Uh, So cross by the sideline there. And when you do that, that helps everybody establish their ball side and weak side early. Um, and And, you know, at my level, you're, you have a, a shot clock and uh, it really, t- we're really trying to get people to use a lot of time out of their shot clock before they ever get into anything.
2: Yeah. And the thing is what I tell um, for people listening to what I say is you basically want them outside the volleyball lines. Cause most high schools have volleyball lines. Right. So if you get them outside the volleyball lines, you're good. Um, Cause most high school courts have a volleyball line and that outer third is outside the volleyball line. But
1: and so when it's on the outer third, I want everybody on my team to be on on that half of the court and just make it always look super crowded. And the only thing that should ever look remotely open is something, you know, 50 feet away. Right. And if that pass is able to be made, whether we're in a full court press or no matter what we're doing, if that pass is able to be made, there's no other there's no other problem than the fact that there wasn't enough ball pressure. It's an easy thing to, to know whose fault it was. And, you know, it's just like pressuring the quarterback. If the quarterback can see down the field, he's going to pick you apart all day right. and you've just got to make that, that other team's point guard into the best dribbler ever and not let him pass through your, whatever defense you're, you're trying to apply. Um, I choose the two-two-one alignment. I, I, I did a, a call earlier today with a high school program in Texas and you know what I'm not able to really show when I do this presentation but I I like to talk about is Andy Landers was the women's coach at Georgia and he's got lots of notes that are out there he's got videos that are out there and all that but teaching how he teaches man-to-man defense is really where I start he's got a guy on the ball and then uh the two defenders that are behind the on-ball defender, they're staggering the on-ball defender's shoulders. So the guy – the ball handler is always looking at the fact that he, if, if he dribbles left or he dribbles right, he's going to run into a defender. And when you teach that alignment that way, I think it's really easy to teach any press once uh, you've taught where the def- off-ball defenders need to be in relationship to the ball okay. and, and how you rotate for that. Does that make
2: sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, the 2 one alignment, you know, I've coached from middle school up to college now. And I just think the 2-2-1 the alignment is the easiest thing to teach. It gives you the most flexibility for things that you want to do. And I think that you can use it whether you have, whether you're coaching girls, uh, whether you're coaching unathletic guys, uh, whatever. For me, the 2-2-1 alignment if I teach that, I can teach any of the stunts that go with it, I think, pretty quickly.
2: Have okay. you found that if, let's say I'm not as good as you, can I run it against you? If you're better than me, can I run the 2, two one against you? Um, Like, you're more athletic, you got better dribblers, can I, and I'm not quite as athletic, can I run it
0: against you? Yes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
1: Um, you see here what I have there on number four, right? I I like to put, if I have, if you have unathletic guys, most, most of the time, they're probably going to be your bigger guys. And if they're playing and I don't mind putting them up front front because they make good. It's hard to pass out of a trap that a big guy does if he's able to set it. But if he gets beat or, you know, if he sets a halfway decent trap, if, you're, if you have two unathletic guys up front, then you have three athletic guys that are good at reading things and they can cover a lot of ground and erase a lot of mistakes. You know, I would rather my big guys get beat 94 feet away from the basket and then have my three, you know, most athletic quickest guys be able to get back and, and hold the lane if it came to that or, or be back there for my interceptors. And so,
2: I like you know, that idea. I like w- that idea.
1: One of the things we do – is we two two one press off of every free throw, and so whoever, whoever is shooting the free throw, is the front left of the two two one press. He just knows that he's going to drop back. So whether we make or miss it, if you think about where a two two one picks up, you know that person has to take maybe two or three steps. And so make or miss, we know that we're right in a press uh, off of a free throw, and it's. You
2: run? Do you run your two two one on misses?
1: Uh, I have before, uh, there was a coach, uh, out of Louisville, sent a lot of people to play for Patino, both at Kentucky and Louisville. And I went and spent time with him. And I mean, you really got to spend a lot of time doing it if you're going to be a team that does it. But I had a team that did it. And one of my teams that went all the way to the championship, you know, we just had a bunch of quick guys. We had nobody big and that was the only way we were going to do anything. And, and so I have done it. Uh, but it, it takes a lot of time to do it. It takes most right. of your practice time if you're going to be effective.
2: Yeah, you got to practice it a lot. That's what I have found, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's fun if you have – once you get to the point where the guys can do it, it's really, really fun to do.
2: Yeah, if you have a bunch of guards, I have found it to be more effective, too. It's like – and, the, and they're interchangeable in some respects. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Um. Any other questions here? Or you nope, to keep going? that's good. Motion okay. nope, we can keep going. Uh, just some thoughts with pressing. Don't get beat the same way twice, and <laughs> you know you can.
2: I do that on defense. I do that in everything. There's you should yeah. never. You should never. I, I do it as you should never make the same mistake twice. Right. Like if you're not, if you're not hedging on this, don't get beat. I mean, I give you one mistake, but you shouldn't do the same mistake twice. I do that. I talk about that all the time on both ends of the court,
0: but yeah. Right. That's yeah. good.
1: If, you know, and so when it comes to scripting practice, you know, I've had two assistants and I've had, you know, one be for the next game and then the other assistant be in charge of the scout for the game after that. And, you know, getting a good idea of what the other team wants to do against our press. and so you know you are going to get beat that's why you have to have some change up and some different looks and what I call stunts and your team has to get to the point where they know which stunt will take away whatever just beat them and you know you're not talking about 20 different possible things there's only a really a couple things that people can do whether it's bringing four people all the way up to the ball or a one three one set whatever and if you practice those all the time, your guys will just get used to recognizing it. And, you know, through film and through practice, they can get, they can understand what, what stunt they need to do. And you don't need to call a timeout to fix it. And if you get your team to that point, you know, they, that that really frustrates the other team a lot when your team is making changes on the fly and they don't need you to do it. And, it sounds like it's difficult if you've never done it, but I would, I would challenge you to try it if you haven't and just see see how your guys respond. Um, short memory, if you do get scored on, I hate it when we get scored on and we walk and let them get set up. If you get scored on, obviously, if they just scored on you and they were breaking your press, they're all, they're all right there by the basket. And so... You know, getting a guy who can inbound it and throw it long like Kevin love you know right. that that is really deflating for them to score and then us be scoring within you know three to five seconds and I've had teams be be really good at that, so in effect, yes, you just scored on us, but we're we're back up the same point margin we just were within three to five seconds, so congratulations to you for scoring, but right it really didn't do a whole lot to hurt us
2: the wash yes
1: right number three you know you don't get beat because of the type of defense you're playing you get beat because of how you were playing that defense and you know you'll get fans or administrators parents saying coach they just beat you twice with layups you need to get out of the press well we don't we don't get out of half court two three zone or man to man when somebody scores on us twice it's it's not the defense we're playing; it's how we're playing that. And right. you know, maybe we're the only ones in the entire arena that knows that. But you know, if you got to do it, you can't listen to what people in the stands say. They've got no idea what they're talking about. And if you have a pressing philosophy, you know, in my opinion, you need, you need to have it long term. It can't be something you get out of. You know, if if we had six or eight points scored on us, that's the point that I would call a timeout. But that that is very rare for that to happen where I've got six or eight unanswered points. Um, so like I say there, number four, you can't be half pregnant and because you can't be half pregnant, I don't think you can be a halfway pressing team. And then if it doesn't work for a little while, then you go to something else. I really feel like if you want to be a pressing team, your players know whether you're doing it halfway or whether you're all sold out to it. And I think they'll be sold out if you're sold out to it. Right. Um, any press is more effective if you make them cross half court on the left-hand side. Uh, I found out to be really effective on the high school level. You know, if you think about how a lot of two-two-one presses are beat, especially the ball goes into the inbounders right. It comes back to the inbounder that it's kicked over to the left-hand side. And that's exactly what I want them to do. And so a couple of these stunts that I have here. I really just to make that happen. I don't care if they get it in and I don't care if they go back. I want them to go to the left and then somebody who's not used to dribbling really quickly down the left-hand sideline with his left hand, um, you know, when the time's running, the 10-second clock's running down, all of that, I really feel like that's an undervalued part of pressing that, that people don't spend a lot of time on. But when I've had a lot of success, it's, it's because – uh a majority of the possessions they've had to cross half court on the left hand side okay yeah i like um that. every alignment no matter what press you're doing everybody every alignment has two trappers two interceptors and one basket protector and you know yeah, it doesn't matter if
2: you're running the one two two either i mean it's right the, it's the same yeah you
1: anything yeah. you do and so if you think about that, you're always going from one job to the to another. You're never just a trapper and a press. If you're a trapper, you're quickly going from being a trapper to being an interceptor. And so the reason I, I, I talk about that is sometimes people think when it's passed out of the trap, my job's done. Now it's up to the rest of my team. And it's nothing could be further from the truth. You know, as soon as it's passed out, you get your nose back in front of the ball because you're, you're, you are the next interceptor. Somebody else is about to be the next trapper. So going from one job to the other is something we practice a lot. And again, that might be undervalued. A lot of people value you know, shifts or angles or different things like that. But I think what I just said before, crossing on the left-hand side and then going from one job to another I think those two things have helped even my unathletic teams be able to to press really well. And that uh, that
2: takes practice.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, nothing easy is worth it. Nothing worth it is easy. So I I feel like that's what it is when when it comes to defense. You know. Um, I agree. Trappers L trap the L trap is made by the shape of your two trappers. And so the person there's always in a trap there's person who's stopping the forward progress, and then there's somebody that's coming in from the side to close the I call closing the jail cell, closing the door there okay and that that person's job is to bring his foot and straddle the other person's foot so it looks like an l if you were looking at it from a from an aerial view okay I have them cross arms, and so above their head it looks like an x. And I do that for a couple of reasons
2: you mean what do you mean cross like i'm not yeah. sure I'm not sure I understand what you mean by cross, <laughs> cross arms uh
1: let me stop share for a second okay uh, I have him do that
2: so that's the the guy that's trapping does this, both yep. of them do this
1: the two guys that are in the trap. if you think about it, it's hard to pass through that if you just pick the ball up. And it's hard for your guys to commit a stupid reach-in foul.
2: So they're both doing this with their hands. Right. Okay, so there's not so su- there's not space on the side. I, I would throw uh, it over your armpit.
1: Well, if they go down below, how how much distance are they going to get on that pass? You know.
2: Yeah, I agree. So I agree. Because my theory here. is always you want to break the the windows. You know, there's a window right. above an ear, right. window above an ear, hips.
1: And above so the I, head yeah i agree and so i take i take the most dangerous window away because you I take don't, four I, you take
2: three of the windows away above right. the head and both, both ears yeah right.
1: and i feel like i don't feel like in any defense you can stop everything and so i stop the what hurts us that pass over us that's long hurts us if you're in a trap and somebody tries to make a close pass you know that's not gonna hurt us and so that's why I, like, I do that. So you're
2: basically saying you gotta pass downward, which is gonna right. slow. I like that. I've never thought and, of that.
1: And most right, of the time most of the time it's a it's a bounce pass and
2: Which is fine because that gives right. me time to recover. I love that. Okay.
1: Right. Bounce passes don't hurt you. So no. okay. You want them to, to pass around you, but never through you. And so I don't I don't mind if they do that.
2: Well, and you know what I love, coach, that you just said too is I tell them 95% of the time, I don't want you to steal the ball. I want the guys – when I want to steal on right. the pass. Right. High school kids want to, like, reach and do all – it's like, oh, my – ooh. <laughs> it's like no hair, you know, kind of thing. Oh, my gosh, yes. Right. Okay.
1: Um, interceptors. And so you've got your two trappers. We just talked about them. And my last point there is what you just said don't steal it's never the trapper's job to steal their job is to trap that's, that's the name of their job right um interceptor's job is to intercept and so just like you read a quarterback's shoulders if a quarterback's shoulders are facing down if he's a right-handed quarterback and he's looking down the right sideline you know he's not going to throw it to the left sideline you know by his shoulders where he's going to pass and so interceptors are constantly asking themselves the question what is the most likely pass and then Don Meyer used to talk about the dork press. If the ball get, a lot of times, especially in high school, a big guy will inbound it because they don't want the big guy in there uh, receiving it against the press. And if a team gets it back to their dork, I'll lay everybody else off and I'll let that dork bring the ball up the court. We'll We'll try to deny everybody else
2: i so, love that so then so you just go man then at that point yeah
1: and and i don't even have anybody on him i i have my whoever his defender is just trying to look for where his most likely passes and if you think about it every team probably has one you, we all have a guy who it would kill us if he was the guy bringing the ball up up right press every time so right and
2: that goes into your scout like we if this guy catches it full enough. i love that yeah
1: right and so that may not be politically correct. So you may need to come up with another. another <laughs> yeah, I'm not thing. sure, Dork. I'm not sure where Dork would be.
2: That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, but Don Meyer wasn't politically correct. So no, he was not.
2: But he was he was a innovator. Let me tell you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got to spend some time with him before before he passed. I was fortunate enough to to be a part of his coaching clinics and his coaching school that he used. To. I know.
2: I, uh, I always, he always used to hand out all these colored things and I still yeah. find them every once in a while. You know, it's like well, I'm cleaning stuff out and.
1: He's still got, he's got a website with all of his handouts on it. It's, oh, he does. it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want me to go through these? Uh, sure. Yeah. Just go through here. these. I want
2: to see the stunts too. So this is good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Base press. Um, you know, I I do my shifts out of a two two one, a little bit differently. Uh, UConn when uh, Calhoun was there, the way that they did it is the way that that I I shift now and who I trap with. But it's not always the way that I do it. It just fit my person all this year, and I've got some diagrams here while I'll okay. show what I mean. Up is when you know we have one syllable words for everything that we do. I don't think your guys can handle two-syllable words so everything we do is just one one command
2: it's like a dog a dogs right. can dogs can only hear one syllable so that's, that's spot right. yeah like yeah. Yeah. so up, down i love that
1: up is our aggressive and we can trap anywhere uh i prefer most of the time to trap after a half court if i'm in a zone trap uh just because i don't like him to be able to go backwards and right. that gives people a lot of problems with a shot clock um but that's that's where I'm at now. Down down is where we're closer to our basket. We're defending. It's it's really just to take time. I'm trying to force that ball reversal that I talked about. Um I use it with the freak defense. Um I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you know, you do so many passes uh where you're in a two-three zone and then whatever number you give it uh after that third or fourth pass, you're into man to man. And so we do that a lot, and that takes up a lot of clock. We do that when we play against D1 teams, and it doesn't matter if they know that it's coming. It just it does take time, and if I can get D1's teams to be, you know, shooting in the last uh, eight or nine seconds of their clock, you know, the more times I do that, the better, and that's helped us stay close against, you know, really superior opponents. Okay. Uh, goes our run and jump, which I can – do out of man I can do out of a two two one whatever um and I could do it out of my two one two alignment the number is just what I was talking about with the freak defense after whatever number of passes we go to man uh so we go from down into man after say two to three passes uh and uh so here's up just really aggressive uh I bring so I bring in Yukon I bring the 3 to trap x1 and x3 on the sideline there okay um but you know most of the time I like x1 and x2 to be my trappers in the 221 but but this year I didn't do it that way
2: right so then how do you stop like one how do you stop one just getting the momentum and not throwing it over to two then on the sideline
1: um you know if you were able to see what I start off with a, with a Andy lander stuff and how I teach the man to man defense, you know, he's just X three is stunting a lot. He's okay. coming up like he's about to trap and then he's running back down the sideline. Okay.
2: He's like and, fake and, trapping. Yeah.
1: Right. And so X three, he's the one that says now, and when he says now, everybody on the court knows that he's going to trap. I don't care if the ball handler knows it. In fact, I prefer that he knows it. Right. So when, when x1 let's say he gets up to that hash mark and he sees that x3 is about to trap him you know he wants to get rid of it and throw it to that too and x5 takes that away okay uh that's just our our basic uh, aggressive again down is just you know we see we're picking up at the top of the three-point circle we're looking for ball reversals we're not really looking to do anything I do this a lot when we're ahead in the second half, and I just want them to, without fouling or anything, without putting my team in a chance to, you know, keep the clock stopped. I want that clock to keep going, and so we just use this as our slowdown offense. Our so the opposite,
2: the opposite guard in that last one is basically taking the middle away, right? Like sinking in that middle and taking away the five or whoever. That's a one-three-one break. Yeah, breaking right. it with a one-three-one. Okay.
1: Um. Go, that's the run and jump, and so you know you're you're in Forrest Larson area and Eddie Andrus, uh two guys that have done this really really well, and anything I've got from the run and jump I've got from those two Wisconsin guys, right. but you know x three comes in traps when the ball handler when he sees the back of the ball handler's head when the ball handler can't see him coming um and then everybody's on a on a clock basically when they see when x three yells go. Um, everybody knows we're in the running, running trap. So, what's X1? Side.
2: X1's trying to keep the, the one's trying to keep him on the sideline,
1: right? And then he jumps up ahead and, and stops his forward progress to get the guy to turn. And when the guy goes to turn with his left hand, X3 has shut in the door there. And so, if we can get that turn and he goes to turn back to the middle of the court to pack it, pass it back to X4, and he's you know, he's going from his right hand, trying to pass with his left hand. That's where crossing your arms really, really helps. I mean, what kind of pass is he going to make, Right. you know, from right there?
2: Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, like I say. Um, tell your friends. That would be a good thing. Yeah, sell it. Share this on social media. And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great
0: day. Sports Social Podcast Network.